Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hello, this is Penny. Thanks for joining me today for our Flourish Podcast. I'm finishing up with the last chapter of my book, Love, Leadership, and Influence. And this chapter is entitled, The Power of Having a Team. Um, I've spoken on past podcasts about team. I've gone into more specifics on developing a team and the critical nature of a team. This just is such an important topic to me. It has altered the way I do life in so many ways, and particularly in ministry. Um, It was well over 15 years ago that I developed my very first team of women in a way that was very thought out and specific. Excuse me. I had worked alongside women previously from the beginning of, of when Keith and I have been in ministry, but this was different. My previous template was one where the pastor's wife was pretty much responsible for overseeing all the women's ministry, and I tried to be available as much as possible to as many people as possible. But this team that I was embarking on um, forming was going to look much different. I had the opportunity to go away to Louisiana to visit a pastor and his wife there, And she took me away with her for a couple of days to a weekend retreat with her leadership team. And I had never quite uh, seen anything like this. It just amazed me. I was deeply impacted by their level of commitment to the vision of their church, to one another, their ability to strategize together, to laugh together, to pray together, and just the genuine friendship that they shared. And I went home really with that in my heart, and I immediately began to ponder, well, what would that look like with the women in my life, in my church? So I started to pray and talk to God about it. I started to spend a lot of time praying, processing, and assessing, and a lot of time assessing with Keith. I sat down on my computer, and I think I spent a whole day just writing down objectives and an outline for that whole team idea. So let me add here, and I've said this before to people, but it was so vital and so helpful that Keith took this so seriously. And he spent a lot of time with me. Um, We sat many mornings over a cup of coffee, processing out this vision that I had in my heart. And he made it a priority. He took the time. He didn't say, oh, I'm too busy. He said, sure, you know, whatever we want to, you want to work out with me, however I can help you. You know, I ran things by him. I ran vision ideas by him. I ran people ideas by him. So it's so important for husbands to esteem the gift and the wisdom in your wife. She is your number one partner in the ministry. So any and every amount of time you invest in staying cohesive and on the same page with her will yield great fruit. It has in our life. Keith and I have really learned to live as team members and partners together in the things that we do. And 
in ministry, that has always been our DNA. So his part in this was invaluable to me. So I finished my list of objectives. I typed it all out, and I actually typed a one-year schedule to implement training and establishing this team and empowering them. I had it all laid out of what I wanted to teach them, what the things I wanted to train them, what I wanted it to look like at the end of our training process. And when we were done with the training process, it wasn't like, oh, well, now we don't meet anymore. We stayed together. We stayed on the same page. We worked together. We met together. We, we worked on vision things together, and we stayed the course. We used 2 Timothy 2.2 as a foundational pattern, and this has always been a key verse for Keith and I both. And it says, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men, and I add women, who will be able to teach others also. So the whole idea was multiplying ministry for women. That was a great visionary objective for me now. My heart was to download things into them that I had been taught or, excuse me, learned throughout the years, things that God had shown me, And believe me, we imparted into one another. These women were wise. They were precious women. Um, Some of them didn't have a ton of experience in leadership at all, but we just took it from the ground floor and worked on through. And initially, I invited 24 women from my church, and I said, could you come to a meeting? I'm going to share with you my idea about starting a women's leadership team. And so I didn't mince words. I told them the level of commitment involved, and it was a pretty hefty commitment at that point. Initially, and actually for a long period of time, we met once a week for 90 minutes on Sunday afternoons, and that that was a lot. That was a lot for them. So I got together with them. I went over the whole vision in my heart in detail and even handed them out the two-page outline that I wanted to cover in the first year. And then they went home and processed with their family. They prayed. They decided whether or not they wanted to be a part of that. And amazingly, each of those women chose to be part of that team. So thus, we began our process in earnest. Uh, We stayed to our schedule. We didn't skip meetings. We were very faithful in following through with our objectives and our allotted time spaces that we were supposed to meet in. Um, I consistently emphasized the objectives and the vision so that there was never a lack of clarity on what the end result and the purpose of this team would be. Now, eventually, uh, with Keith's guidance, he said, you're going to need to shrink this team. It's a little bit too large. So we arranged a bit, and and some of the women in it came alongside some of the other women. They kind of teamed up, and that worked really well. And the reason I emphasize this so much when I talk to women in, in churches is that it truly, again, revolutionized what my purpose and job was within the church. Um, it was like Timothy says, I was downloading into other women who would then impart to others. They would share the load of the ministry with me. And frankly, in the end run, they were every bit as capable as I was to do ministry within the church and to, and to lead. And my overarching kind of objective when the team formed, I, I used an acronym with them called TREES, and that stands for, this is what I would say to them, 
as we're forming this team, these are things, characteristics that need to be in each of us. T, we have to be teachable. R, we have to be restored. And that means we have to be vulnerable with one another and let each other in and let the Lord in to touch those hurting areas in our life where we've kind of had walls up. And we said, oh, no, you don't. But we learned to let each other in and to really open up our hearts and be vulnerable. To be established, that means you're, you're sticking around. You're not going anywhere. You're, you're here for the long haul. We're, we're not going to do all this training and then say, oh, got my feelings hurt. I'm leaving. Sorry. No, we didn't want to do that. And then equipped, well-trained, knowing how to lead, knowing how to counsel, knowing how to handle people and love them well and serve them well. And then last, of course, would be S for serve. Um, we were spiritual. We prayed together. We studied the Bible together. We looked to the Lord in everything we did. We weren't, you know, just a group of women trying to do this, that, or whatever. We were really very much dependent on God. But we also worked on very practical things together. We worked on, we were trained in handling conflict, handling gossip, handling offenses, and other areas that come up in church life. I find that conflict resolution can be such a tricky, difficult thing in churches. I think a lot of people leave churches because the conflict that they're feeling or dealing with is never resolved. And I realize that we can't always make a person willing to, you know, work through it and and get to the other side and forgive or, or whatever the case may be. But our team really learned how to walk people through things in a redemptive way. We served people in all types of practical ways, um, teaching them, sharing principles from the word with them. We prayed with them. We loved them. We were there for them. They became part of everything that we were learning. We were downloading into them and loving them and being there for them. And it was like I, I no longer had to just try to be available all the time for just everybody. But no, I had a wonderful team around me that linked arms with me and did it with me. And I can't even tell you the the satisfaction in that. They just were so incredibly helpful. We fostered unity among the women of our church. Philippians 2.2 says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And that was like a mandate, like a critical verse for us was unity within the body. And, you know, I've experienced some significant things with with people in general, but also with women where they just get disgruntled. There's a lot of um, issues and, and there can be backbiting or gossip or that type of thing. And we really learned how to stay away from that and how to steer other people away from that as well. Keith very often said that he felt that our team was like a glue that helped to hold the church together. They always rose to the occasion of occasion of whatever was needed. They filled in gaps and they helped to stabilize the body. And I want you to know I don't share these things to boast at all, but hopefully to inspire. Teams truly are incredibly helpful. They're invaluable. The women who worked alongside me as my team members are still some of my dearest friends. Those relationships have lasted. They were forged together in great purpose and in great love, and they have lasted. They also made the transition to a new pastoral team that took over for us seamlessly and with a heart to serve. So if you've never thought about developing a team and 
just say you're a pastor or a pastor's wife even, and maybe you've been intimidated, maybe you've tried it, didn't go the way you thought it would. Perhaps just rethink the idea. You never know what could be different this time and how much it could impact your ministry. And from my experience, it was irreplaceable and invaluable. If you're not in a position or a role where a a team might be required, perhaps just keep kind of a team mentality in mind in your marriage, in your family, in other endeavors. The overarching purpose of a team is to carry out a vision together and to stay in a place of unity of that purpose and unity of love. And so having a team mentality is always a positive thing, using the principles of even working in the midst of our family to really train principles and think in terms of teamwork. So I thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope this was an encouragement to you. We've finished all the chapters in my book, and we're going to start a new series next week. So looking forward to that. Love you all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.